0: And welcome back to another episode of Hockey Thoughts. It is Sunday, August the second, and as you can tell by the title today, we're just going to be discussing the first games of all of those series that we saw yesterday on Saturday, August first. Um, playoff hockey is finally back, and it was just an awesome day of hockey. It had hockey on from noon until like no or midnight excuse me um non-stop action five different games uh so let's just get right into it um first thing i do want to talk about is the setup that the nhl has made in these hub cities it they did a fantastic job um covering the seats having uh those big screen monitors in the background that they can show you know the team logos um When they're going on a power play, pictures of the players, video packages, all that good stuff, um, makes it a really cool, just a really cool to watch it on TV and have those extra screens in the background while play is going on. I also noticed, um, they can zoom in on the ice a lot more since there are no fans, um, and so the camera angles and the camera views we're getting is much better, um, and just a really cool job. Um, kind of making the atmosphere as, as unique and as immersive as possible. Um, also having the home and away, um, atmospheres personalized for each team. Um, if you noticed at the start of each game, um, whatever would normally be going on sound wise at the home team's stadium, they had those sounds. And so... Um, you know, I'll use the Penguins as an example. Um, when the puck drops every game, every Penguins home game, you hear it's a hockey night in Pittsburgh and they had that, um, for their game. So I thought that was cool. Um, they even have goal horns, um, recorded from each team's stadium and the goal songs for each team, including the away team, which a lot of people might not like, um, because, you know, in a normal in a normal season, the away team doesn't get their own goal horn, Um, but I like that they do that for each away team as well, Um, so we heard a lot of Chelsea Dagger, uh, even though the Blackhawks were the road team, just a lot of little cool things like that that I also think really make uh, the games and the atmosphere that much better, Um, but let's get right into talking about the games, just gonna touch on a few things that I noticed from each game and kind of where those teams are at right now, I guess, uh, so first game of the day was the New York Rangers at the Carolina Hurricanes, um, Hurricanes in their black unis, uh, they are expected to wear those throughout the playoffs, much like the Coyotes are wearing their Kachina, uh, jerseys as well, so that was cool, I love those jerseys, um, the game itself, uh, I thought, Both teams looked a little rusty to start. Uh, Hurricanes obviously got that first goal very early on. Um, I thought Henrik Lundqvist played really well for not being expected to play um, coming into that game and into the series. Um, I thought he did a tremendous job, though. I thought he actually really kept the Rangers in the game for the majority of it. Uh, I thought the Rangers looked slow for most of that game. I know the Hurricanes are one of the fastest teams in the league, but the Rangers are not a slow team either by any means. Um, they just looked, I guess, just a step behind uh, the whole game, which in a way is to be expected. You know, not not every team's going to be up to full speed or or anything like that yet, but at the same time, the Hurricanes look to be so um, a little interesting there. I think I think that'll get better as this series goes on. I think the Rangers will find their feet more. Um but it was a very good game. Like I said, Lunquist kept the Rangers in the game. The Rangers uh kind of made a late push making it a one-goal game. Uh they would end up losing 3-2 to two, obviously. Not much else stuck out for me. Um I thought Kapokaka, who had a miserable season, actually had a very good game. Um Looked more assertive and more direct with what he was going to do once he had the puck. Um, So I think that was a good sign for the Rangers. Uh, Sebastian Ajo picked up right where he left off for the Hurricanes. He played fantastically. And, uh, yeah, a lot of penalties, which was a theme throughout the entire day. Um, Aside from, really, the last game of the night, a lot of penalties, A lot of weak penalty calls as well, both in this game and in most of the games. Um, I'll touch on that a little bit more as we get along. But it seems like the refs, to me, um, after the hiatus, wanted to get back in the swing of things themselves, almost. And to me, it seemed like the refs were kind of in preseason form um, and not playoff hockey form. A lot of these calls would not be made in a n- normal playoff hockey scenario obviously a lot more um a lot more things that could be called penalties when it comes to the playoffs aren't that was certainly not the case this weekend so um kind of kind of annoying honestly watching the game at, at, at times especially in that hurricanes rangers game it's, at times it felt like we couldn't go more than a minute without a whistle for a penalty. Um, so it, it got it got annoying. But again, the refs, much like the players, I think there's still a little bit of rust. I think they need to let more things go. Just call the really obvious ones. There were a lot of, especially weak slashing calls throughout the games yesterday, which is something. Again, in playoff hockey, it needs to be a very obvious almost egregious slash typically for it to be called. Whereas in the preseason or even regular season, uh, you know, these kinds of slashes that we saw called yesterday are, are called. Um, so I think that's something that will change. I I expect we'll see less penalties at least less weak penalty calls as these games move forward. Uh, jumping to the next game of the day, which was the Oilers and the Blackhawks. Um, I spoke on this podcast a while back when we were kind of previewing these series that this would be a very um, interesting and challenging series for the Oilers, given that I honestly think the Blackhawks have better depth. I think they have the better goaltender. And typically, those are the two things that help you the most when it comes to playoff hockey. And we saw that on full display yesterday. I mean... The Blackhawks are such a young team and I thought all their young guys for really not having any playoff experience played phenomenally. Uh Strom got on the board. I thought Kirby Doc played great. Uh he his the puck control he showed yesterday was fantastic. Um obviously Kubalik with his 5 points. Um he he was the star of the young group, but Um, and then even, even Alex the Brinkett who really, I mean, playing on the third line now didn't get a ton of looks, uh, but he, he looked faster than he has really the entire season for me, um, yesterday he, he got a few good looks and just was noticeable out there on the ice, which again, most of the season, um, was not the case. And then of course the Blackhawks big guns in Kane and Say's, uh, and Duncan Keith, holding the fort down there in the back, um, all played fantastically as well. So, the reason it's going to be a tough series for the Oilers is just that. It's the depth, and it's the goaltending, and it's the experience that the Blackhawks have. Not to say the Oilers don't have any playoff experience, because they do, but the Blackhawks obviously have way more, and... um it's going to be a problem for the Oilers if the Blackhawks young guys continue to play as well as they did. um I was certainly was not expecting that, and that's why I picked the Oilers to win this series. Um, and I stand by that. I, I still have Oilers in five, but I think it's going to be very possible that the um that the Blackhawks do come out on top if they keep playing you know if, if their four lines keep playing as well as they did um And that's kind of the curse of a five-game series is, I mean, typically in a seven-game series, you go down 2-0, game three is a must-win, right? In a best-of-five, now this next game for the Oilers is an absolute must-win. Otherwise, you're already down 2-0 and facing elimination. Um, It it happens that quick in a best-of-five. So I expect the Oilers to respond. I fully expect Koskinen will be in the net moving forward. Um, but pretty much every weakness the Oilers have was exposed. I mean, McDavid and Dreisaitl both played great. Aside from that, you know, nobody else was even existent on the Oilers team, and certainly their goaltending issues were exposed as well. So a lot to clean up, and they don't have a lot of time to do it. Um, So the Oilers should definitely, definitely be concerned. And be on their toes, uh, moving forward, and an absolute must-win for them on Monday. Next game, Panthers-Islanders, um, this game was kind of weird. You have, obviously, the, in my mind, the two best coaches, um, really of the past decade in the league, facing off against each other in Quenville and Trotz, um, and I thought Quenville honestly out-coached him, for being the road team especially, um, I think the Panthers really were the better team for pretty much that whole game. Um, The thing the Islanders did well and what they always do well is forcing shots far away from the Nets. Uh, The Panthers really didn't get any great looks right in the crease area. Um, The one they did is when Huberto scored. Um, Other than that, most of their shots were coming from the point or just from outside of the slots uh by the circles so that, that's islanders hockey that's what they like to do they did it well then um but yeah they barely hung on um i i don't really think they deserved that win i feel like the panthers did everything right and probably should have been the team that won that game but they're the ones that are down 1-0 and now again facing a must win game two um I had the Islanders winning this series coming into it, and even though they won, I gotta say, um, watching that game, I'm less confident in that pick now. Um, The Islanders need to play better, they need to get more offensive zone time, Um, and just more chances. I mean, the Islanders are... They're used to getting out shot. That's not the issue. Like I said, they're fine with giving up shots. They just keep it all from far away and don't let anything in close. And they continued to do that. But even with that and with them being comfortable with that, it just felt like the Panthers were a much, much better team um, in that one. Not really anything else in that game that stuck out. Um, but Brofsky, I thought, looked much, much, much better than he did all year. Uh, much more, like, closer to the Vesna-Bobrovsky that we've seen in the past. Moving along uh, to the two night games, uh, so the Penguins hosting the Canadians, that was in Toronto, Um, this game was kind of similar to the Panthers-Islanders game in my mind, in that I really felt like the Penguins uh, did everything right. Um, They dominated this game. You know, they, the the issue for the Penguins in this one, which has been their issue for most of the season, is they gave up a lot of odd man rushes despite having the puck most of the game and dominating in shots. Uh, They gave up a lot of odd man rushes. Murray stood tall on, on most of them, but he gave up a goal on one of them, uh, another goal, you know, Jack Johnson pushes the guy into the puck, into the net, unfortunate bounce, and then the OT winner was just a breakdown in defense where you have both your defensemen, you know, behind the net. Um, don't know why they're both down there, and uh, Jeff Petrie picks up a loose puck right in the slot and buries it. Um, the Canadians seem to have a game plan coming into this of sit-back and counter-attack, and it worked to perfection, and I credit, uh, excuse me, credit Claude Julien for that. He knows the Penguins are susceptible to odd-man rushes. They led the league in giving up odd-man rushes this season. So you sit back and you wait to counterattack and get those odd-man rushes, and that's exactly what they did, and it worked to perfection. Um, I thought both Carey Price and Matt Murray both played excellent. But, again, uh, the Canadians strategy just worked better. Um, now, unlike the Oilers, who are the five seed and I think should be worrying, I don't think if you're the Penguins, you should be panicking just yet. Um, they had a lot of chances. They went just one for seven on the power play. They missed a penalty shot. Again, their defenseman kind of pushed the puck into their own net for one of the Canadiens' goals. I don't think they, they should be panicking. You know, they 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 controlled play. They're clearly the better team, and they were that game. Um, I think the result was a little unfair to the Penguins, much like the result was unfair to the Panthers, I think. Like I said, I saw a lot of similarities between those two games. Um, So, yeah, don't hit the panic button yet, but you got to get better on the power play. One for seven is unacceptable. Um especially against a penalty kill that's one of the worst in the league in the regular season and yeah I I mean I think you absolutely I know I know after the game there was a lot of Matt Murray hate again he played great I don't think you need to switch goalies at all however I think Mike Sullivan might switch goalies you know, as a coach, there's only so many things you can do to get your team's attention. You can yell at them all you want. You can work them harder in practice, all this stuff. But the biggest way to get your team's attention is to make a goalie switch or a goalie pull, and if it's in the middle of the game, so I would not be surprised to see Jari start game two uh, as Sullivan tries to kind of wake his team up here and get them to play better. But I don't think they played bad, um, and it's certainly not on Matt Murray. Carry price though, absolutely fantastic. Um looked like the carry price of old. And yeah, th- this could be an interesting series to watch as well moving forward. Like I said, I still I had Penguins in four. I still think that's very possible. Um But you know, credit to the Canadians. Like I said, they had a game plan and they worked to, p- to perfection. Then the last game of the day back in Edmonton was the Flames and the Jets. Um, the biggest storyline in this one is obviously the Mark Shifley injury. I think this was kind of blown a little out of proportion. Um, as of now, I'm recording this on Sunday right before the game start today. Um, there's no update on his injury. It didn't look good. It reminded me a lot of the Matt Cook hit on Eric Carlson of, God, that was probably like five, six years ago now. Um, it reminded me a lot of that. Just going into the boards, the skate gets pushed up and goes into the le- the back of the leg. Just an unfortunate thing. Um, You know, Paul Maurice came out and said that he th- it was an intentional, filthy hit, in his own words. That's absolutely not the case, and I credit the Jets fans, even, that I've seen. They know it wasn't intentional. If you watch the play, you know, it's unfortunate it was Kachuk because of his reputation. People are going to point the finger. Um, but you watch it. Kachuk tried to dig his skate into the ice, and it bounced off of the ice and went right into the leg. It was not intentional at all. Um Pierre Lebrun said it best, players don't just go around thinking to themselves in the middle of a game, how can I injure a guy with my skate? That's just not the case. Um, And it's absolutely ludicrous to say that this was in any way intentional. Uh, With that said, that's obviously a huge blow to the Jets, who I think started really well. Even after the Shifley injury, they got the, the first goal. They looked like the better team. And then they were just completely flat-footed the whole second and third periods, and the Flames really dominated. I think the Flames did deserve the win. I wonder why the Jets... You know, I, I think fatigue might have been a factor for the Jets. You know, again, this is just their second competitive game, really, playing after that long hiatus and being down a forward. A forward who gets the second most minutes of any forward on your team. Everybody has to play a lot more, so I think fatigue might have been a factor there, especially in the third period. But, um, yeah, they just looked flat. Uh, they did not look good. I uh, And I think, you know, Jets fans should be maybe hitting the panic button a little bit, um, especially if you lose game two. Obviously, if you're down 2-0 for any of these teams, then you need to be panicking. But being down Shifley, and even without being down Shifley, they just did not look that great. Um, so definitely a concern for Jets fans. Um, And, uh, you know, wishing Shifley all the best. Line A did also leave early. The at least the NBCSN broadcast here in America was saying that it was from a Jordano slash. That's actually not the case. Um, He took a hit from Sam Bennett, uh, and his arm kind of went awkwardly into the boards on that hit, and that's when he left the ice. So just wanted to clear that up. It was off of a a hit and not a slash. Not that that means anything, but if it was a slash also, I mean, Jordano would have gotten penalized for it, especially with the way... Everybody was calling slashes that game, um, really, in every game. But it was off of a hit. But regardless, I, I it didn't look that bad for me from line A. Um, I think that was a matter of they were already losing by two goals towards the end of the third. So why, why send him back out there kind of thing? I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be back. If not for Game 2, certainly for Game 3, uh, as they do play Monday and Tuesday. So not much of rest for any injuries for anybody suffered um, in that game. But on the flip side, for the Flames, I thought um, Cam Talbot getting the start was certainly not what I predicted when we did the whole, um, you know, who, sh- who should start and looking at the goalie battles and everything. Um, I thought it would be Riddick. But Talbot, I thought, played very well. He was a calming presence in net. He really didn't give up any bad rebounds or anything. I thought the Flames as a team, though, did help him out a lot. Um, he didn't really have to face any, you know, super great chances that game. Um, but that said, yeah, Cam Talbot clearly was the right choice to put in nets. Uh, I thought he played great, and I think it's his net to lose Um, moving forward. And, uh, there was one other thing I wanted to touch on in this game. I'm not remembering. Oh, yes. Going back to the slashes, um, there were a few slashing calls. There was one in the Islanders-Panthers game. I believe it was called On the Islanders. And literally, the stick on all of these, I'll I'll just talk about all of them, because they're all the same thing, um... The, there was one in the Penguins-Canadians game called against Pittsburgh that gave Jonathan Drouin actually a penalty shot. And then there was also another one in the uh, Flames-Jets game. All of these, okay, they weren't even slashes. They weren't even slashes. There, there, there was literally uh, – they had the stick. It touched the glove of the player. It was more of a hold than anything, but regardless, I don't think any of them should have been called. Um, the officiating needs to get better moving forward in these qualifying rounds, and certainly once the actual playoffs start. Um, just so many weak calls, just and it's just there's no reason, there's no reason for it other than the refs on their hiatus missed making calls like this, and so that's why they're out here. You know, calling every little thing they see, but the, it, it's the playoffs. You know, you can't be calling every minor little touch on a glove a slash. I saw it throughout the day in every game and every single time. I don't care what team you're rooting for, it was the wrong call and it was just pitiful. And to be honest, the going back to that Penns Canadians game, not just the Jonathan Druin one, but also the Connor Sherry one. Both of those penalty shot calls were were due to a slash, and neither was a slash. Um, And both could have ended the game for their respective teams, and that would have just been a tragedy to watch the game end either way based on those calls. Uh, Both were very, very bad calls. That said also, um, both penalty shots, neither player even hit the net with their shot. Like... People, you know, people will get on guys for for you know a shootout or penalty shot attempt um, if they just you know sh- walk in and shoot it right at the goalie. But you got, I would t- much rather take that than watching a guy walk in and in Connor Sherry's case shoot and just completely miss the entire net. In Jonathan Druin's Drew, case, he walked in tried to do too much, you know, tried to deke too much and completely lost the puck. Now, I'll give Drillen a little bit of a pass as that one was in overtime and I'm sure the ice was not great, but still you gotta get a shot on net. At least make the goalie make a save. You know, getting a puck on net, anything could happen even in a one-on-one situation. So, you gotta make the goalie make the save. Both of those just absolutely unacceptable. Um... Unacceptable calls and just unacceptable shots for the penalty shot itself. Um, that uh, that drives me mad watching guys just completely not even put a shot on net when they have a shootout or a penalty shot attempt. Absolutely abysmal. Um, looking ahead to today's games, um, Coyotes Predators is the first game, and then of course we have the. Two round-robin games, which, by the way, um, they are being treated not as playoff games, so they have regular season rules, so there will be three-on-three overtime and shootouts in those, if need be. Um, So you have Flyers-Bruins and the... I believe the Avalanche and the Blues is the other one. Um, And then more qualifying round is... Maple Leafs Blue Jackets at 8 o'clock Eastern, and then the night game is the Canucks and the Wild. Um, Corpus Salo is in net for the Blue Jackets. That was one of the goalie battles, wasn't really sure on. He is confirmed. That's who I would have gone with as well. Um, so we'll see how he does. I imagine he'll have a short leash, though, with Merzlikens right behind him. And it should also be noted, Tuka Rask is unfit to play currently, so he will not be in net for the Bruins against the Flyers today. It will be Halak. And Carter Hart is also confirmed for Philly. Not a surprise there. Uh, Another day fully packed with NHL action. Um, I'll do a reaction video to these games probably sometime tomorrow. And um, as always, thank you for listening. Let me know your thoughts on all these games. And, uh, yes, yeah, so it's great to see some playoff hockey again. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for this one. Um, you can DM me with any questions, comments, concerns on Instagram at Hockey Thoughts, or preferably on Twitter at underscore HT Podcast. Again, I appreciate all the support this podcast has gotten and been getting. And uh, I will catch you guys to discuss Sunday's games in the next one.